Well, good morning there. You nice people. Uh, this is Mike, and you're listening to Driving Theology. This is the uh, morning of April something something. <laughs> Maybe, let's see, 29th is Friday. So it's got to be 27th. Yeah. April 27th, 2022, and uh, I'm on my way to work, and uh, this is uh, what I do on Wednesdays usually if I have work. Well, I don't think I've missed one unless I had uh, missed recordings or ran out of batteries or whatever, but I almost always record a podcast on my way to work on Wednesday, and uh there are things that people don't like about this style. I don't edit. It's it's rough. There are background noises. Um, you know, the weird thing is some people like those background noises. Some people like the unedited style. There's there's kind of a... And I guess, I don't know what you call it. Like a uh, an indie, indie... It's like indie movies, right? They're a little bit more rough. A little bit, you know, made by unknown people. They're... Uh, subject matter is a little bit edgy. Well, that's not a me. <laughs> but, but, well, it depends. But, uh, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a lazy guy. Um, I, I can be consistent. I can get in a routine. For example, if I make this drive and I don't record, I feel like there's something wrong with me now. I've been doing this for, uh, gosh, since 2000, end of 2015. So going on seven years, I think. And, uh, if I don't do it now, it feels weird, right? If I don't uh, record this, I, I feel like I've done something wrong. So I'm really into this now, but I've got it. I, I've got it down to a routine that I can handle. You know, this is this is a kind of a, a routine um, that is doable, doable by me. Uh, if, if for example, I needed to do, you know, an hour or two of editing and then, you know, all of that stuff, it, it probably, uh, wouldn't get done. That's just, that's just how I am. I like to, uh, do things with a lot of energy up front and, uh, bada bing, bada bang and get it, uh, get it packaged and sent out just as quickly as I can while, you know, kind of my energy level is high and, Maybe that's because I suffer from low energy. I'm not sure I do. I, I think I might, but, but you know, if I had to go back home and uh, revisit, you know, the recording and then and then uh, edit it, and you know, all after having spent a long day uh, driving and teaching, I, it just it may not get done. This routine works for me right now. Uh, so here's my routine. I, I leave the house right around uh, 9.15, 9.20. Today, left a little early. I uh, set my recorder going and I record until I get to uh, either a good stopping place or really close to uh, where I work, right? If I get, or sometimes I just sit in the parking lot after I get there if I have extra time. And then wrap up the podcast turn off the recorder and then I go teach for an hour and a half come back out and uh, 
to my car and get ready for lunch. Uh, and usually I go to either my wife packs me a lunchbox, which happens once in a while, or uh, I'll go find something to eat. Uh, but generally I'll eat in my car for my lunch break. And my lunch break is really long, like two and a half hours. So I don't teach again. I don't teach from 11.30 to 2. And so the routine I'm in right now, uh, I go ahead, even before I eat or do anything else, I go ahead and upload what I recorded just an hour and a half earlier right into SoundCloud. And from SoundCloud, which is the host, uh, yeah, the, the podcast host site, I guess is what you call it, server maybe, uh, then that is uploaded maybe a little bit later right up to um, uh, iTunes uh, podcasts. So I get, you know, from recording, it starts at 9.30, and generally by noon, uh, I've recorded and uploaded. So it's all current, immediate stuff these days. I didn't always do it this way. A lot of times I'd wait till I got home, and then, you know, I just got uh, tired when I would get home, and then podcasts would stack up. But now I've found a way to, to be consistent, and basically it's just this beautiful modern technology uh, I can tether I have unlimited uh, unlimited bandwidth not bandwidth that's the wrong word uh, anyway unlimited internet on my phone and so I can uh, tether my phone to my my computer which I carry with me to teach anyway anyway it's it's just very very easy these days to get a podcast up and, and pumping right away uh, and so yeah that's kind of how it goes uh, some of you all knew that and that's fine and, and this podcast may not be your cup of tea but I, I would love it if you would give it a try and, and if you don't like it I'd, I'd love your feedback so uh, let me know let me know uh, as always uh, if there's anything you would like me to talk about or think about and maybe uh, talk about on the podcast or, or even if you'd like to be a guest I would love to have you I'm I need some motivation to do some different types of podcasts as well, instead of just me. Uh, and I don't presume to have, uh, you know, wisdom for everybody. These are my thoughts, uh, and a lot of them are just random ramblings um, that that come to me as I drive. Sometimes I don't even have a plan. I would say 75% of the time I don't really have a plan once I get in the car. Uh, to talk about any, anything specific, I just uh, kind of let it come, and that may mean that a lot of what I talk about is, uh, you know, oftentimes the same. That's possible. Uh, I get that. Sorry, it's raining a little bit. So you're gonna hear my wipers once in a while, and I have a little bit of a cold today. That's not good, but <clears throat> it's better. I'm feeling a lot better than I was on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Anyway, so, yeah, what should we talk about today? So, I, I uh, made a few posts on Facebook, probably Monday, uh, that got some traffic. Uh, and I thought I'd try to tease some of those out, which means now I have to recall <laughs> what those were. Um, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. But I'm stopped at a stoplight, and... Uh, I'm just going to try to open up Facebook real quick and maybe I will get an idea of what it was we were talking about. 
I did get some uh, people talking about even today, which is good. What was it? Maybe it wasn't that soon. Oh, here's one of them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so my initial post was, uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if there's a lot of ifs here, this is this is pure conjecture and 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 reason. Uh, it could be completely unreasonable reason, uh, but it seems to make sense to me, and that's all I'll claim. If God, before making man, foreknew that they would sin, then in a sense, I think we have to say that God made man to sin. I'm not saying he only made man to sin. Uh, but what I'm trying to get at, if, if God is all-powerful and all-knowing, then he could have made us to be automatons, so that we would only do good, that we would only uh, um, do what God would do. Now the problem is with that, as I see it, uh, and one of the one of the things that you know people have said for years and years is that if there's no free will, in other words, if man cannot make his own choices, then man cannot love. Right? Love does not exist in uh, programmed, pre-programmed responses, right? Uh, that's probably wrong. Uh, instincts. Hmm? Yeah, that's probably wrong too. <laughs> Let me think about this. So robots, let's just say robots, okay? Uh, robots who are programmed to do things a certain way don't do them out of love, but simply because that's how they're made, right? And so, in a world without choice, uh, a, a world without choice is a world without love, right? Um, secondly, uh, I think <clears throat> uh, for us to mature, right, for people to mature into whatever it is Christ is making with us, whatever it is He created us to be, I believe sin plays a part in maturing us. It, it's it's it is the it is the weights that we lift to get stronger in a sense. It's not maybe not the only weights. I have to think about that because you know pain and and suffering and there there we can have pain and suffering without uh, our own sin, but sin in general, I think, is how pain and suffering were ushered into the world, uh, or so it seems to me. Um, and again, I could be wrong, and I may be missing a really big part of this. There, there may be something. I may have a blind spot that's, that's uh, making all of this seem more logical than it is. Uh, <clears throat> and I hope that I'll be open to that when and if it comes. But if, if God, knowing, knowing what we would become, or at least being able to predict what we become, you know, there, there's open theism kind of has this idea that 
God doesn't know the future in the way that we think he would know the future in, in, in that he knows every detail. But because he has more knowledge than anyone else, he is able to predict uh, how things will turn out very accurately, let's say. Uh, so if that God having that kind of knowledge, the, the kind of knowledge of a creator, right? Uh, it's not that, you know, if, if, you, if you create a car, there, the car may surprise you in ways. It may do things better than you thought, or it may do things worse than you thought. doesn't mean there won't, may not be some surprises in your creation. But in general, a creator has an intimate knowledge of the potential of the creation to fulfill the purposes that it was created for, right? And therefore, God, God has more knowledge than anyone else would of how his humans that he was planning on creating would turn out the directions they would go and he had a he had a purpose for building them we have to believe right we believe that he he did this um he he, he designed us and, and designed us and made us no matter what the mechanism was whether it was instant creation or whether it was evolution over billions of years um he had a purpose right um, a God who creates does so for a reason. Uh, we want to believe, right? So, if if he knew that we would sin, then in some sense he created us to sin. And and I think I think God has created man and put him on a journey. Uh, from infancy to maturity and and that path largely is built upon how we deal with pain and suffering and sin right uh, the way that we deal with those things helps us to grow more and more into the likeness of Christ I think um, now I, I used I used the words uh, in the post later. There there are lots of people that commented. I used the word success and failure and, and being useful to the kingdom and things like this. And some some somebody thought those were all meaningless words. But you know uh, I I don't mean success as we measure it or failure as we measure it. But uh, well, failure I may mean as we measure it actually because I don't think God sees. And this was my point. I don't think God sees our failings with sin as failure, right? Uh, I think I think He sees them as uh, opportunities for us to um, mature. And and the more we mature, uh, the more useful we are to the kingdom. And when I say useful. What I mean is, the, the more we become uh, true hands and feet of Christ, right? The, the more we, we do His mission on earth, the more we become part of the reconciling force uh, that Jesus instituted when He came to earth uh, and, and was healing people and feeding people and, 
and forgiving people and bringing people close um, and other things <clears throat> that this is the kingdom right um, and so so sin is I think our teacher and you know Paul talks about in Galatians that the law was our teacher until Christ came right the law was our teacher which taught us until Christ came and so there's this almost a graduation feel that the law is elementary school uh, or, or you know secondary school it's it's our education but Christ is our graduation right we, we graduate from the law uh, when Christ comes and I feel like that's happened to me like I've I've really been released from this need to do this or that in order to please God. I've been released from that and that, that's been a huge thing in my life, right? I don't any longer feel like to please God I have to do anything. I'm just grateful that he's decided to be pleased with me and I try to accept his love and acceptance more and more and allow that to mature me uh, into the kind of person that doesn't do the bad things that I used to, right? Uh, again, bad maybe is not the word you want to hear, but but there are things that we do that are simply not helpful in reconciling the world. Uh, and and your salvation, you are saved so that you can save others, right? And I think saving others is helping others find their reconciliation in Christ. Realize their reconciliation in Christ. Accept their reconciliation in Christ. The, the Christ once for all died on the cross and forgave sin for all time. And that now we can simply accept that forgiveness and allow it to wash over us and cleanse us and I think the obstacles to that are, are simply, you know, the faith that he's that good. I don't think, excuse me, I don't think that most of us think that Jesus is that good. Uh, Jesus is truly too good to be true. He truly is. The gospel is too good to be true. It is better news than you ever thought it was. <clears throat> and the news just gets better and better for me. The more I lean into uh, the fact that I can no longer displease God, uh, the more gratitude I have. Uh, because I, I know how weak I am. I, I know my weaknesses. I've been on the earth uh, 53 years, and, and I, I have an intimate knowledge of my weaknesses. It's not that other people can't help me find new ones, maybe, <laughs> but, but uh, I think if we're all honest with ourselves on in any level at all, we know that we have weaknesses, that we have, we have things that we deal with, that, that we struggle with, um, and a lot of them are, are things of our own making, 
right? Just uh, simple discipline problems and uh, addictions and, and, and things like this where we, we have a hard time being released from things. Um, but I, I now believe that it just doesn't matter to Christ in the sense that he's going to abandon me because of it. I think it matters to Christ in that if if I am living more righteously, as the Bible would say, I would help others find the righteousness of Christ better, right? And that's why I use the word useful. Uh, I think there are a lot of Christians in, who in the world who claim to believe in Christ but who are completely useless in the mission of the kingdom of God. They are too compromised, too corrupt, um, and they end up actually uh, being against the kingdom, being anti-Christs, if you will. This is not a good thing. This is not. Uh, this is not what we want, right? Um, so, so how do you know, right? How, how do you know if if you are a Christian who is uh, useful to Christ and the kingdom, and bringing the reconciliation of the kingdom to the to the world, or you are useless, or even against Christ and His mission? Man, I think I think Paul nails it. I think the fruits of the spirit, you know, are you gentle? Are you kind? Are you loving? Are you generous? Right? Uh, good. You know, measure your life by First Corinthians thirteen. Be honest with yourself. Ask other people to 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 tell you how you measure up. You know, First uh, Corinthians thirteen. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Uh, love, uh, love does not remember wrong. Right? Does not hold a grudge. So, uh, translations say, um, love does not boast. Love is not envy. Envious. Love is not jealous. I guess. Uh, now. Spoiler alert: Nobody is going to measure up perfectly to 1 Corinthians 13 because I believe uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is a description of Christ. Just replace love with Christ and I think you'll see that everything that is said about love is true about Christ. Um, and, and that's who Christ has made us in him, right? So whether you measure up or whether you don't, it does not affect your your being in Christ. Okay, I want to make this clear. I believe Christ is the all in all. That Christ is in all and all are in Christ. The universe in some way, shape, or form exists inside of Christ. Um, I don't think you can, you know, what, is, what does Paul say? Neither height nor depth, um, 
nor anything can keep you from the love of God, the love that we have in Christ, right? Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rehashing a lot of the things that I've said. I'm working out, I'm working out my theology, right? What I believe to be true about God. Um, I'm working out, working out my own salvation, right? As Paul talks about. Uh, but the, you know, the, the whole idea of um, salvation being a lifeboat, you know, that we, that this, this earth is, is a ship that's sinking. It's the Titanic. Uh, and the gospel uh, is, you know, are the people pointing you to the lifeboats, how to get off this thing so you can be saved, uh, is just, uh, it, it's the gospel of the Antichrist. It's not the gospel at all. I think the true gospel is, yes, this is a Titanic. It's 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 not doing great, but Christ is going to patch those holes, and we are all safe. Uh, nobody panic, nobody jump off. Uh, let's trust uh, the captain uh, to get us home. It doesn't look good right now, um, but that's our perspective. The captain has not faltered. The captain seems to be fine. Um, now we need to do things the you know we need to do things the captain's way, right? We need to follow his way if we, if we can help the captain, wouldn't that be great if we can if we can go around telling everybody that you know the sky's not falling, the ship is not sinking, it's okay, uh, you're going to be okay. God loves you. Uh, he understands your pain and your suffering. He understands how hard your life is. He knows why you do the things you do, even when you don't, uh, and. And he's going to get you safe to the harbor, uh, whether you like it or not. Uh, and and he'll wait. You know, he'll 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 be patient with you. He's not going to force you to be saved, right? But eventually, you, you will see. Your your eyes will be opened eventually. You will finally apprehend just how great his love for you is and and you will appreciate it you will appreciate it finally uh, and he'll wait uh, for as long as it takes um, because you are his beloved child he made you uh, he formed you and even before he formed you in your mother's womb he knew all of the things you would do and he made you anyway We are precious, precious to our Father. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's good news, right? <laughs> it's not good news that there are a limited number of lifeboats and only the people that believe that the boat is sinking are going to be saved. Uh, the good news is, hey, we're all going to be saved. And if we're all not saved, it's not really good news, is it? It's only good news for a few people. The good news is we are all going to be saved. Uh, and that's my hope. That is that is my current hope that, you know, just as uh, New Testament says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, once you do that, you have, you have worshipped Christ. You have bowed. You have uh, submitted yourself to Christ. 
uh, and once that happens, how, how, you know, why would you not be accepted? God knows a lot of the people who are considered accepted by Christ in this world are screw-ups. Some of them just downright malevolent people. So, something else needs to be true about that. Alright, just taking a little water. <clears throat> well, we are meandering just a bit off of course. Um, so, back to the original premise of the post. Again, I don't think God made us only to sin, right? Uh, but I think, I think we all have to sin in order to understand the consequences of sin so that we can want to do better. And in doing better, we, we help reconcile the world back to Christ. say that again, in doing better, in being more loving, in being more kind, uh, having more self-control, right, being more generous. This is how we partner with Christ in the reconciliation of the world, which is why Christ came, right? Um, came to reconcile the world back to himself. And I believe he's going to do it. One of the, one of the coolest things uh, I heard uh, someone say is that, uh, who's the savior of the world? And the answer would be Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. And then the next question is, well, how's he doing? You know, how's that going? Is he going to do it or is he not going to do it? So how do you measure? How do you measure the salvation of the world <laughs> when all that we know is contained in the world, right? The only thing, well, actually there are a couple things maybe, but <clears throat> everything we know is in the world, right? If Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, Jesus came to save the world. Well, how's he doing? How's that going? Uh, is, is he only going to be 5% successful? 10%? I mean, you know, if you, if you look at the, read the Bible in a certain way, you could assume that anybody who has not heard the gospel and has not accepted the gospel is condemned to hell, right? Some people read the Bible that way. Right? They read that uh, if you did not become a Christian, uh, then you are uh, punished in hell for eternity to be tortured uh, forever. Right? It's one way that some people read the Bible. I think they read it from confirmation bias, but whatever. Uh, <clears throat> I think Jesus is doing a good job. I think the world is becoming a better place. I think we are less and less 
uh, comfortable with starvation, with violence, with sickness, all the things that Jesus came to heal, to fix, right? He wanted us to be better to each other, to be, to not be violent with each other. He wanted us to help each other eat. He wanted us to heal each other, right? In short, he wanted us to take care of one another as if we were brothers and sisters or, you know, parents and children. So if Jesus is the savior of the world, well, how's he doing? What's his report card going to be? If he only saves 10%, well, that's not even a passing grade. What if he saved 50%? That's still not a passing grade at my school. Okay, what if he saves 60%? Okay, I'll give him a D minus. Could he save 80%? Well, we're still at a, you know, a B minus at 80%. But to be the savior of the world, doesn't that kind of mean that you've got to save 100%? Otherwise, I think you'd have to call yourself, at best, a savior. One of the saviors of the world. But if he has come to save the world, and we know that he loves the world, that's what John tells us anyway. God so loved the world. God loves the world. He loves the world that he made. Everything in it and on it. In every generation. <laughs> Right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Uh, <clears throat> again, I don't... <laughs> this is just a side note. I don't believe John uh, 3.16 is an apocalyptic scripture. I think it's... Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. <laughs> Again, you need to redefine the word eternal as used in the Greek, right? Uh, which, in this case, I think means something more like otherworldly or heavenly life. Um, now, presumably, yeah, heavenly life lasts forever, <laughs> I guess. Not that we can fathom forever. Uh, neither can we really fathom uh, disappearing, not not existing. I can't. We. I don't think we can really fathom not existing, really either. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm really getting off track. And wow, way ahead of the schedule here. Yeah, Jesus is the savior of the world, and I think he's doing a great job. And I don't think he will rest until he brings every sheep into the fold, right? That's what I think the parable of the 99 uh, and the one lost sheep, right? I think that's what it's talking about. Okay, he's gonna, he's gonna go get that one. Even if he's got 99, he's not gonna be happy until he has 100, right? He's not gonna rest. Be happy is probably not the right word, but that, that's, that's the human way we look at it, right? He's not going to be content until he has every one of them. I love that parable now because I get it. Right? It makes sense to me. 
Uh, it's not about the leaving of the 99. It's about the pursuing of the one, right? The one that got away, the 1%. Even 1%, he's going to go get you. And he won't rest until he finds you, right? Uh, so, yeah, back to the original posts. Uh, somehow, having the freedom to go away from the way of God, otherwise known as sin, right? Or missing the mark, I think is the, is the pathway. It's, it's dealing with missing the mark and how we, we react to it that helps bring us more closely uh, into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, is the realm here on earth where Christ is Lord and his ways are followed. And you know that by the fruits of the Spirit and the people there. And you know that by um, sorry, let me just park here. <clears throat> uh, you know that by the healing and the feeding and the uh, the general care that people are giving each other, right? That that's how we that's how we know things are going the way they're supposed to go. Well, I am here at the kindergarten. Seven minutes early. It's got to be a record. Uh, so, yeah, just to wrap it up, I wasn't trying to be controversial, but if 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 God, you know, the, the, there's this thing that that atheists talk about about, you know, if God created everything, then He must have created evil. I never really agreed with that because I don't think evil is anything. I think evil is the absence of something. And I think uh, God didn't create evil, but what he created was free will. And free will means we all have choice. Then That in any situation, we have the freedom to choose to go left or right or, you know, a multiple multitude of other directions, right? We have all kinds of choice in this world. And that 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 is, of course, a certain dynamic, right? It's it, it creates a certain kind of a world. And in that world, what it means is that we are going to have the freedom to, to choose to do things that maybe are not good for us or the world. But in doing that, we learn lessons, right? Uh, the law and sin really go hand in hand. You know, Paul talks about the law became our teacher, but he also talks about that the law came so that sin would increase. Uh, and maybe what he means by that is that so that we would be more acutely aware of just, you know, all the, all the bad actions that we can do in the world, all the bad things that we can do. Uh, we become acutely aware of sin. Um, so yeah, I, I know what I said is controversial that God made us to sin. I think God made us to be able to sin, uh, and, and to, to be able to find and choose another path, but we had to have the ability to sin. He made us to sin, right? He's, he's, he, he 
designed us. He created us, and we were made in His image. Um, I just don't see there's any other way. It's not that He only made us to sin, and that's what a lot of people, you know, think I'm saying, and they, you know, they think I'm saying that God wants us to sin. I'm not saying that. You know, that's that's just reading with nuance and trying to pick a fight. I think when people say things like that. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I think it's it's simple. We we need to sin somewhat so that we can learn about the consequences of sin, um, and we only learn by experience. <laughs> At least that's my experience. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I need to tease that out more. I think, and you know, explore that, and maybe we'll do that. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye bye.